Happy Father's Day. Okay, okay, we're gonna do a little exercise. If you are online, if someone, if you're driving on your way back from Houston after being for 12 hours in the airports, wherever you are, okay, if you're here, if you're new, I'm, we're trying, I'm trying, you know, to encourage something for the men. And so when I say Happy Father's Day, everyone who's a father or spiritual father, we're gonna say, Ooh. okay, that's it, that's it. I don't, I'm not asking much. Please, I just came back from, we just came back, you know, from the trip. Give us that as a treat, okay? One, two, three. Happy Father's Day. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> bellissimo, bellissimo, bellissimo. Well, it's so, so excited to uh, be back. Uh, we had a wonderful time uh, in our mission trip. Uh, let me tell you something. We learned, if we can take, you know, one word. If you can define, you know, in one word how we experience this trip, it's, it's this one, flexibility, okay? <laughs> I don't know how many of you struggle with that. As Guatemalan, I thought that I had as a default settings to be flexible. But then I realized that I am a little spoiled, Americanized now, you know? I mean, when Cody was asking, you know, what can we pray for? I put, you know, can we pray for AC in every place in the world? Till the end of the, you know, the ends of the world. That was kind of like my request, you know. But in all seriousness, thank you so much. If you're uh, coming here for the first time, if this is your first time, I'm not gonna put you on a spot, okay? No, don't worry about it, but welcome. Welcome back. You're gonna hear a little bit of crazy stories during this sermon. I am not the teaching pastor, so give it another try, you know, and then come back, you know, after the summer, and then I promise you, you're gonna be like, yes, this is the church that the Lord called me, you know, or this is the church that my kids can come, you know, and well, we'll see, right? But yeah, we had, we had a wonderful, wonderful mission trip. Uh, I'm just so grateful, you know, with everyone who were involved. Uh, I gotta tell you, everything changed a week before our trip. Okay, so we planned for like maybe two months or something, and, and you know, I, I'm a little more spontaneous, but the Lord has teached me, you know, to plan things. And then he teached me one word. Remember the word? Flexibility. And so everything changed in a week, but I'm so grateful that it was not our plan, the one that was executed, it was the plan of the Lord. And we were able, you know, to work with the local church, uh, and we actually had, uh, I think, according to what I hear, you know, this is kind of like the first time a mission trip is right there in the border of Syria. Yeah, we got that extreme, you know. And so uh, we, we went there, and let me tell you something. The gospel is moving. So if you hear stories of, like, you know, that can make you feel like a little fear, or should I go, or anything, let me tell you. Jesus is shining his light everywhere in the world where there's disaster, where there's uh, famines, where there's, you know, yes, there's a lot of need. And I can tell you that it, this sermon was really difficult because we're talking about compassion. And so I could speak the whole sermon about what we saw in the mission trip. But let me tell you, what's more important is the love of Jesus Christ is reaching today, till this day, to the end of the world. So just be encouraged to pray, to continue giving, you know, your time to continue giving financially uh, just because the Lord is moving. And so you're gonna hear more about this mission trip, I promise you. You're gonna hear more and more and more and more. And even through the sermon, uh, we wanna create, you know, a space where you can come. We have a lot of 
Turkish tea, we have Turkish delights, we have uh, uh, cookies, you know, and we have, I mean, we have, you know, a good time where we can share slides, pictures, and everything. And, and I'm telling you, uh, there's a need of more people, you know, going. There's, pe there's a need of people praying. And there's a need, you know, of people just serving here too. And so with that said, let me go into uh, my sermon. And we're going to be speaking about compassion today. So uh, we've been going through this, this series of, of sermons of Proverbs. Uh, and when we think, you know, about what's, what's going on, you know, in the world, especially now that we were, you know, in this, in this region where the devastation was terrible, uh, and you could see the before and the after of, you know, it was a beautiful city full of life where Christian uh, Muslims, you know, and then uh, Jews, you know, were just sharing, you know, kind of like life together. There was no conflict. Uh, and now you see the churches, you know, uh, the mosques and the synagogues, you know, destroyed. Uh, and, and even, you know, in this country that is predominantly Muslim, you see that in this region they celebrate Christmas. It's like, wow, you know. Uh, but now you see all the destruction. Uh, it, it, it can be very, very tough, you know. But let me go to, to, this, to this proverb. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice, okay? And as I was talking, you know, social media these days, uh, there's just this need in the world, you know, to produce content. And everything that is, you know, around the world, everything that, that you know, that is happening, people are trying to draw attention, you know, uh, and just, you know, to make you look at the reels, stories, Facebook posts, Tweets, if you still have MySpace, you know, High Five, I don't know, you know, all those, all those, you know, social, social media, you know, platforms. Um, it can take you to a place where you can either, you know, feel compassion or you can feel sorry. And I'm going to use this word pity, you know. You can think of what you see and it can cause, you know, something that is like pity, you know. And in, in, in Spanish we say... Pobrecitos, you know, we see what's going on. And I have kind of like a top 10, you know, of crisis. And there's more. There's so many much more. I mean, and it's only June. Yeah, it's June. Yes. It's June here and in Central Asia. So, um, and so we, we see, you know, some of these catastrophes that are going on. You know, the cyclones, you know, in, in, in Mocha, you know, the, the Brazil floods, you know, the earthquake in Turkey and Syria which was, you know, the region that we were around, the, the Ukraine war. I mean, this is terrible, you know, is, is what we see. There's, there's uh, gang violence in Haiti, uh, and then the tornadoes, you know, just here, just here, you know, in, in, our, in our country. You know, uh, Afghanistan, you know, the poverty levels are just rising, and you see, you know, like people going, like, into really difficult situations. Uh, Somalia, you know, there's hunger, there's famines, and then the crisis right here in the border, you know, uh, just, you know, a few miles away, you know, I mean, it's, the crisis is, is real, and there's so much. The world is struggling, it's hurt, it's, 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 it's you know, it's, it's in such a pain, uh, and, and when you see all this, uh, it feels like the social media is just trying to take you to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And the only thing that you can feel about it is pity. 
you know, and there's a, there's a huge difference between, you know, feeling compassion and, and then feel pity about something. But, I mean, and this could be the end of my sermon, what I'm going to say, you know, right now. But I, I want to unfold more. Really, when we see everything that is going on in the world, uh, my wife, you know, she, she's doing a PhD in sociology. And then yesterday, she was writing something about why she went into sociology and, you know, the desire of providing for others' needs, you know. But even, you know, with all our expertise, with everything, we fell short. Because the only thing that the world needs is Jesus. Can you say an amen to that? Do you believe that? The top solution for all this is Jesus. And Charles Spurgeon had this. I said, compassion is the mark of a true disciple of Christ. It's not enough to simply feel pity for the suffering. True compassion moves us to action. And this part is where it's a challenge for all of us. Let us be vessels of God, love and mercy, reaching out with compassion to a hurting world. For in doing so, we reflect the heart of our Savior. And that's, that's the big difference between pity and compassion. I mean, let's be honest. We have limited resources, even with... Uh, 401k, you know, funds, and then whatever bonds, you know, you have, and then all the world, all the money in the world, it's not enough. But a true and sincere prayer can make a difference in someone's life. Something that it was, it was beautiful in our trip is that sometimes when you go on a mission trip, you, you, you get in this mode, you know, it's like, Okay, mission trip mode, you know, I'm going to lose some weight because, I mean, it's going to be hard, you know. And so start training, you know, and you pray more, you know, and then you start, like, getting ready. I have no expectation of what's going to come, you know, but I'm going to get ready, you know. I mean, whatever I need to do. And we start kind of, like, thinking, you know, ways and, and, and we try, you know, to, to get prepared. But, you know, still, when we are... In this kind of mode, the Lord is calling us to not just, you know, do something for a specific time, but in every aspect of our life to practice and to show others the love of Christ. We have to be aware of something. And this, and this uh, verse, it's just a good reminder, you know. People are born for struggle. Pardon, for trouble. As readily as sparks fly up from a fire. Because of our sinful nature, it is, it is, you know, it is, it is easy to forget. And we tend to blame God, you know, for what's going on around. But honestly, anything that goes in the world, you know, it has to do with the human nature and the consequences of the way we steward what we've been given. And so... The book of Proverbs, just to summarize a little bit of the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs emphasizes the importance of justice and compassion 
in our interaction with others. It highlights that living justly involves treating others fairly, defending the oppressed and standing up for what is right. Furthermore, it encourages to extend compassion in those, to those in need, showing kindness, mercy, and empathy. And this, and in this book, you know, you can find so many, so many things that are valuable for life. But now, when we take on compassion, and this is where I'm going to be very, very transparent, you know, this was probably one of the hardest sermons for me to prepare. This week was really, really difficult because I can come here, you know, and show you pictures, you know, of the kids that we were serving and then show you, you know, the destruction that we were around. And let me tell you, it was, it was something that impact our, our lives and then make us think, you know, different. But that's not the purpose, you know, of talking about compassion. Because if you're coming from a country like Latin America, like me, you know, we're coming from Guatemala and we have seen difficult situations. So sometimes, you know, when we see tragedy, it can be like, well, it's, it's, it's tragedy. Let's do what we need to do and let's move forward, you know. And you can get a little numb, you know, to this. Let's be honest. Uh, this is... I mean, go to Guatemala, it's a beautiful country, okay? But when I was a kid, you know, uh, I remember our statistics, you know, for uh, homicide, you know, and murder. And so uh, my, my grandmother always used to say, I remember when we hear, you know, about something happening, a crime happening, you know, and it will shock our community. And so whenever something happens here, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this happened and it came on the news, you know, there was a shooting. Or there was something, you know, in, in, in one of the, uh, of the complexes, you know. And so it, it shakes our community. But when things happen often, you know, it's like you think, oh, well, someone died again, you know. And you just keep moving. I mean, and, and we were like driving when we were a kid. I was not driving when I was a kid. My dad was driving when I was a kid, you know. We're driving. And so he will be like, you know, just cover your eyes, you know, and I will do this, you know. And, and there will be something that happened, you know. And you will feel pity about it, but you wouldn't do anything about it, you know, just because you get used to. And we can get used to the tragedy. We can get used to see, you know, pain around. We can get used to things. But the Lord doesn't want us to be that way. I know this sermon is probably not the most exciting about so far. I promise you it will get more exciting, okay? Let me get it a little more difficult. Okay, so when we talk about compassion, la palabra or the word in Spanish is compasión. That's why you see it with a little, you know, thing there. Uh, where is needed the most? Oh, by the way, I reformulate that question, so it's it's okay. But this is a picture of of a building where we were, you know, and and you can see this and when we were, you know, going around the center of of the town. When, when we were in Guatemala, we had earthquakes, volcano, volcano, you know, situations, hurricanes. And so you will see a part of the city destroyed. But in our case, this was like a war zone. This is just one sample of the many buildings that were around destroyed. And so when I was, you know, when we were, you know, just driving around, I will think on so many stories of so many people, you know, and the terror and and 
and you know, just like how difficult was, you know, for the people and thinking on the parents, you know, like trying to get their kids and you will hear like so many stories about it. And when you are on a mission trip, when you are serving, you know, you get on this mode like, I need to do something here now for this period of time, you know. And so we were, okay, let's, let's go, you know, let's, let's use some money, you know, uh, that we were given to a steward, you know, and let's buy, you know, some kits to help uh, the, the family, hygiene kits, you know, and, and snacks, you know. And, and we will go to these uh, places, you know, just where there are tents because people just lose everything. And so there's a place called like Tent City, you know, and so we would go there and we will uh, play with the kids and we will, and it was tough. It was difficult. It was, I mean, it, it really, you know, shook the, 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 the ground, you know, for so many of our team. And it was challenging because the pain and the devastation, but then you see kids coming and smiling to you. It just makes something in your life. But let me tell you something. The need and the, and the need for compassion is not only there where everything seems to be, you know, destroyed, when everything seems to be scattered, you know, there's, there's so much scarcity, you know, but it's also here. The need of compassion is also among us. And we tend to forget that because, you know, many times, we're thinking, we're thinking, you know, that we, we have, of course, we have too much, you know. It's like, you will hear that, especially coming from a mission trip. But sometimes, you know, we tend to uh, get numb to the needs of others. Because we think that when it's only evident, then there's a need. That's where we act. But in our testimony, you know, we're coming, we're coming you know, uh, uh, from Guatemala from a church, you know, serving for, I mean, 10 years. And we, I mean, for, for a extended period of time, you know, the Lord take, took us, you know, to grow and to see difficult situations, trained us, you know, in, in ways that I'm so grateful for. But when we came to the city, we were broken, heartbroken, and money broken too, you know, I mean, why not? <laughs> but we were broken. I mean, our hearts were broken and felt, you know, without purpose. Felt, you know, that, that we were, I mean, it was, it was going to be, our life changed forever. Like we were just, you know, uh, dismissed, you know, of everything that we did. And that's why we don't do what we do, you know, because we want to prove anything. No, it's by God's mercy, he restores. So if you're here today thinking that you are done, you know, with a part of your life or you feel heartbroken, let me tell you, God will restore you. And he will put you in places where you will be a blessing for others. Because he, he's faithful. And so I just want to, I know we're in the book of Proverbs. But there's so much, you know, to share. And I just want to remind you this. For God, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Isn't this the biggest display of compassion ever? Because we had, a, our, our destiny, you know, was a death. I mean, it was, it was completely different. It was completely different to what we have. Now we have hope. But let's not forget about this that is being given to us so we can embrace it 
and we can live, you know, like knowing, okay, Jesus came for me. But it's not to feel like, oh, he came for me, you know. No, it's to be like, he came for me, but others need him too. And so we can move to action, you know. And that's why I got to tell you something. And this is, please don't take this wrong, but I'm a little anti, you know, mission trips. Yes, we just led one. <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> I'm just a little anti, you know, or I'm not sure if that's the way to say it. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, pro, let's get hyped for a moment and serve for one moment. And then this was a great moment in my life. Now I go and live a worthy life. That's not why we are called to serve. That's not why we're called, you know, to be in this place. That's not why, you know, if you're, you know, online, very comfortable, you know. If you're online, you know, we're not just called, you know, to come to the church and then go and live with all due respect an ordinary life. We're called to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ in every aspect. And the world needs to see Jesus. And so, let me finish this. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And so, I was thinking on different ways, you know, that the Bible speaks to us about compassion. And, and there's so many different ways that, that we can learn about this. But I want to go, and, and I'm not going to read the whole story. I'm just going to go through a little bit. You know, of, uh, of, of what, uh, you know, this, this uh, scripture is about. And we're going to, I'm going to invite you to picture, you know, some of, oh, it was the other one. That's okay. You can stay with me for 10 minutes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> okay. The women with compassion. Okay. When we think about the story of the women and the alabaster jar, you know, the perfume, you know, uh, in this touching narrative showcases a woman, you know, with deep, deep compassion for Jesus. You will say deep compassion for Jesus? I mean, Jesus needed compassion? Well, let's remember something. Jesus was ready to go to the cross. And, I mean... The, world, the most important event in the history of mankind. And then the woman, you know, she comes and she comes with, it, with this very expensive perfume. You know, I don't know how many of you like expensive things. Some of us kind of like, but I mean, it's okay. God loves us too, right? To all of you. Anyway, so... She was, she was coming with this expensive perfume. It was not for, for you know, uh, for personal use, you know. It was, it was something that she was, you know, maybe working for so much time. And she was, maybe the way, you know, that she was saving money. Uh, maybe, and, and I know, like, theological, there's so many explanations. But this was an, a very extravagant, I practiced that word three times, extravagant offering that she was willing to give to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I was doing a little research, and the most expensive perfume is $1.2 million 
for one ounce. Uh, I don't see this, you know, at Macy's, people like spraying you, you know, with this one. I mean, I would love to, but I mean, no, it's not happening. And so, you know, this, this act of generosity, generosity and worship moves Jesus and demonstrates the compassion that the woman has for him. Now, she was showing, you know, this act of generosity, of compassion for the Lord, preparing him for his death. And there were people, you know, there were criticism, you know, from people that were just looking, you know, saying, oh, what a waste, you know, oh, this could be used, you know, for something completely different. I mean, how many people, how many kids we will feed, you know, with this? And so, but she was just focused, you know, focused on worshiping, on honoring, on, on you know, just, just there. It was a moment with, of her and Jesus, this woman and Jesus. And while, you know, this woman chose compassion, she's offering her valuable perfume as an expression of love and gratitude. Jesus chose compassion by recognizing and cherishing her gesture, defending her against the critics. This story actually teaches about the important of compassion in our relationship with Jesus and how our acts of love and gratitude can touch his heart in a special way. Now, I don't know about you. The way you know the other guys are remember are for just, you know, are, are they're just critics, you know, they're, they're judging, you know. But this woman is remember and we're speaking, you know, till this day, till this moment, by the way she display love and compassion in a very extravagant way. So, something that, and I w I've been looking and I told Heather, you know, Heather is there. I was like, you know, when, when we, we are, you know, a little bit of, we like to, you know, like overwhelmed, you know, with love sometimes, you know. You will come here to Midtown and, and if it's your first time, don't be shocked if we hug you, you know, and it's like, and it's like, we kind of carry you, you know, and we take you to your seat and boom, that might be a lot. That might be a lot, you know. But it's just, we have received so much love from this congregation. We have received so much love from this city, you know. We have received so much love from, from the people, you know, everywhere that, I mean, we cannot keep it to ourselves. Now, Think about what you have received. Think about, about what we have, you know, received and we can just share, you know. And so these women, these women, you know, it was an extravagant offering. She showed humility and reverence. The woman humbly approached to Jesus, recognizing his authority and worthiness. And she kneeled at his feet in an act of reverence and submission. She showed unconditional love. You know, how many of us need unconditional love? That when, you know, we made a mistake or, you know, yes, amen. Yeah, I mean, when we made a mistake, you know, or when we are, are nervous about something, we don't need someone, you know, to be telling us, you know, ah, you might fail miserably, man, I'm sorry, you know. But actually, you know, it's like, all right, man, you might fail, but we're here together in this. Doesn't that make the difference? Unconditional love. Our, you know, the father's here now. They have a conditional love, you know. They were, she was honoring Jesus. The act of anointing Jesus' feet with perfume was a way of honoring him. In that culture, 
Anointing with oil was a gesture reserved for the esteemed guests or individuals of high honor. And then one thing we cannot forget. She had a perception of his coming death. The woman act of pouring perfume on Jesus' feet can also be seen as an act of compassion in the light of his impending crucifixion. Jesus himself interpreted her action as preparation for his burial. Burial. I practiced four times that word. Burial. Hopefully it's fine. Acknowledging the significance and foresight behind her compassionate act. Now, let me tell you something. Often, we will see tragedies, right? Social media, again, is, you know, one click away to see the next tragedy. And, and it's hard, you know, because we always see, you know, pray for, you know, in the city. Pray for, you know, uh, and then the person. Pray for, you know. And, and, and sometimes it can be so much, you know, that we just swipe. And that makes us numb again, you know, to the person next to us. But for these women, the death of Jesus, even though it could be seen, you know, as the biggest injustice, you know, in the history of humanity, it was an opportunity to offer extravagant worship and an extravagant act of compassion. So let me ask you something. In what ways we can actually practice this? In what ways we can, you know, or remember about this? Because being a Christian, and this is probably the biggest outtake, you know, that we have from the trip. Uh, someone asked me, you know, uh, like right before, um, well, few people asked me, and this was my response, you know. I think I learned two things. When you are in a place, you know, where there's darkness, I'm not going to say, you know, uh, another country, anywhere. It can be your work. It can be here even sometimes. When you operate, when you are in a place of darkness, you can operate in fear, when you can operate in love. And this is, this is something to remember. This verse says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest, you know that word, decay, and death from the sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Can we read together that line? So let's not get tired of doing what is good. How many of us get tired? Honestly, sometimes, you know, of show compassion. Ah. In Spanish, we say, otra vez. <laughs> you know, again, you know. It happens. I mean, it happens, you know. But, I mean, the Lord calls us, you know. I mean, the Lord, well, let me change that. The Lord show us his love and compassion Day after day, 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 even when we, you know, don't want it. Even when we are like these little kids, you know, 
spoiled, you know, and, and a little childish, you know. And, but the Lord, is, the Lord is loving us and loving us and loving us and loving us. And there's a reward for this. At, the, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Isn't that beautiful? So maybe you're struggling to show compassion to people that are around you or even to yourself. But if we come to the Lord, if we point others to the Lord, if we don't get tired or do what is good to others, we will actually reap a harvest. In a 14-day mission trip, it is so hard, you know, to take, you know, like long-term, you know, things. Because everything can change, right? I mean, or, or you experience something, and it's not the, you know, perception of being long-term in a place. You know, I mean, if I come and I visit College Station, you know, for the first time, it's like, wow, this is so pretty. And it's pretty, you know. And then, but then when you live here and you don't have a car, you know that in the summer you're going to lose, you know, 20 pounds and get a nice tan, right? So... When you are in a place, you know, when you're with your family, when you're with, that, with, with your kids that maybe, you know, are away from the Lord or sinning against the Lord on purpose, it's easy to get tired. But the Bible says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, now this opportunity, let me go again. That's, that's why I say, you know, I'm anti, you know, like program only, you know, or mission trip only. Everything that you see here, the programs, well, what we have or what we don't have, you know, because we're still looking to open more things. It's just means to an end. So if you're coming here today, this is just preparing you to actually preach the gospel with your life to others. If you go to a mission trip, it's just preparing you to actually have a mission with your family and with people that in your own house doesn't want to hear about Jesus. So whenever we come here together, we strengthen each other, we show love and compassion, and then we go out on the battlefield and we go in the name of Jesus. Now we can go, Manuel. Thank you, Manuel. <laughs> so 1 John 3, 16 says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. And you can say, amen, you know, now I can go and, and I can live my life, you know, because he gave he gave his life for me, you know. But this is, this is the special part, you know. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And I want to tell you something. I, after, you know, like leading trips in Guatemala and taking people, you know, to uh, difficult situations, I, I'm grateful that I always can learn. And it's not about winning or losing, you know. 
It's about being approved before the Lord. I hope that sounds as good in English as in Spanish. If you don't get it in English, come to the service in Spanish. I promise you will get it. <laughs> but sometimes we want to win, you know. I mean, it's like, okay, I mean, this person, you know, hurt me or, or I hurt this person, you know. But, and we, we're pride. You know, there's pride in our, that we're proud. There's pride in our life. But it's not about winning or losing. It's about doing what is right before the Lord. So this must, might take you, you know, to go again to the family member or to your co-worker. Proverbs says, if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord and he will repay you. But the poverty, many times, it's not financially only. There's more spiritual poverty around the world. And so we can go and show grace and love to others. So let me wrap this message with this. How can you go out of this place knowing that you can show compassion and love to others? Well, the first one is not for here, okay? But for a moment, think on the people that you have around where you are. It can be, maybe you go, you know, to, and this is Swanee and me, you know, we go to the same gym, you know, and we do the class, you know, was spinning, you know, and then there's a person there who needs compassion. Maybe, you know, this coworker, he is aggressive, you know, or she is so defensive, you know, and she is just like the way she acts. No, I cannot approach to that person. That person needs compassion from the Lord. Maybe, you know, it's your family member, daughter, son, you know, sinning against the Lord, doing things that are outrageous. What? Will my brothers and sisters, you know, think about my family if they, you know, find out that my kids act this way? Just need to show love and compassion again and again and again. The second one. You can practice here. We come every Sunday. Sometimes on Wednesday, you know, to Bible studies. There's opportunities to serve in the children's ministry. A lot of opportunities there. Pray for us. But we can practice here. But this is not it. This is not the place for you to display all your capacity, you know. No. We just come and we practice here. We serve one another. We help each other. We lift each other. Amen. I, I had a friend, you know, who once preached, you know, to the kids. I love you if you're seeing this, brother. It's from Guatemala, okay? Not from here. He said, God died and he was stabbing the cross for us, kids. Uh, but you know what? We sit together and we talk, you know, I mean, there's heresy, you know, and this. But you know, it's all right. So we learn together. Now he preaches. And so we can practice here. We can learn from one another. We need you, you know, in different areas. You need to serve in different areas. Your family needs it. But this is just for practicing. You 
you know, you practice here, and then when you are in the real world, let's say it, you know, you display extraordinary generosity. And we can practice compassion here today. Remember the word that we read, you know, that we learned, you know, on the mission trip? Watch what? What was it? Flexibility. So we're going to practice that here today. We're going to end it up the service in two hours and 30 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. I want to invite you to something. Let's practice compassion here. Yes, we had we had the bots here. That's the most evident way. We can practice compassion, you know, by filling the car and allowing us to pray for you. Thank you for doing that. But why don't we pray for those of us who are here, maybe with a broken heart, maybe with a broken heart for a daughter, son, a brother, a parent, a co-worker, maybe for something that we did. We need each other. And Jesus, if you already accepted Christ in your heart, you know, He is in us. His Spirit is in us. And we can practice His compassion. So it's not pity, you know. It's compassion. So I want to invite you to close your eyes. And there's going to be two things happening right now. First, if you have someone next to you that respond to what I'm going to pray for, what I'm going to lead you for, I want to ask you to first, you know, just pray, you know, to the Lord and say, Lord, use me, okay? And I go in your name, Jesus. Very simple, right? And you're going to pray for the person that is going to respond to this call. If you are in this place, this is, this is my call to you. If you are in this place and for so long you've been feeling maybe judged, maybe that you are alone, maybe heartbroken, maybe you know that you need, I'm going to even say this, you need to be fit, you know, and you have done many things. You have gone with a lot of people and nothing, you know, nothing helped you. Nothing humanly possible is helping you. Allow the body of Christ to minister to your life today. So if this is you, I want to invite you, in the nombre de Cristo Jesus, to please stand up and allow the church to pray for you. Don't be afraid. Yeah, sure, it's difficult to be put on the spot, right? Hey, you can lift up your hand and allow others to pray for you. And I see some hands that are being raised. Keep your hand raised, please, and allow others to come and pray for you. Church, church, if you see someone, let's display love and compassion. And if you are in need, don't leave this place feeling the same way with that when you came in. The Lord wants to work in your life today. So when you go out, 
you actually fulfill the purpose that He called you for. Because many times we can feel that all these things make us handicapped, you know, to perform. So in the nombre de Jesus, let me sing this song and please respond to this prayer. Not for me, not to make me feel well, not to make anybody feel well, but because Jesus wants to make you free today. still time. If you need to respond, please lift your hand. If you need to, if maybe you know for some time you've been feeling compelled to make a response to a call that is coming to your heart, sometimes, you know, we feel that we're not, we're not worth it because everything that we have done, and maybe Jesus is calling you today to come to him and give your life to Him. And this is a morning of salvation. If there's someone in this place that wants to give his life to Jesus, it's a very great first step to experience the love and compassion from the Lord. If that's you, just, just lift your hands, you know. Someone is gonna come and pray for you because this is the place to come and just experience, you know, what the Lord wants for you. Let me close in prayer and I'm gonna invite the worship team to come. Father, thank you just for being able to be part of this, of this amazing body of yours. Father, that we can experience your compassion and love and that we can display but we have received to others. If we have not experienced this, we want to, Lord, because this woman came to you and she was ready, Father, to just pour everything. Let us that be our encounter with you, Lord. And I'm just thankful for your love and compassion to us that we can go actually out of this place and live that with our lives. 